0: Welcome to another Welcome podcast, the official podcast of Leaky the Leaky Cauldron, the Leaky Cauldron, the Leaky
1: Cauldron, you hear
0: that, uh, the Leaky Cauldron, hi, I'm Matt Lewis, Neville Longbottom from the Harry Potter films, and now your host,
2: Melissa and Ellie.
0: Hi,
3: and welcome to podcast number seven. Once again, we have a great show for you. First up, our fan interview will deal with some very interesting series on Dumbledore and also the events of book five. In our ModCast, our forum moderators reveal a project they've been working on for a long time and which the Leaky Cauldron readers have been asking for for a long time. Finally, a place for your essays and opinions. Hear more about that on the Modcast. After that, we'll wrap up our three-week interview with Matt Lewis, the actor who plays Neville Longbottom in the Harry Potter films. This time, we'll talk to him about the fifth film and his preparation for it. And you'll even get to hear a little preview of what Neville might sound like in the Department of Mysteries at the end of the film. So if you're sappy like me, have a tissue. Then we'll get into your questions again in our mailbag segment. And as usual, Sue and John are around at the beginning and the end to do some commenting. Before we go on, a quick note about last week's show. It seems a lot of people didn't understand what we meant by the t-shirt contest. Now, the concept is to send us the design for a shirt that we can send to Joe Rowling that she can wear, which is on the theme of of banned books or the idea that she herself or her books have been banned. Now, we've gotten some fabulous ones so far, but we've also gotten a lot of confusion about whether this is a real contest or not. Yes, it is. We've extended it a week to make up for the confusion. Send your entries to staff at pottercast.com, and we will choose the best three and make a t-shirt out of them and send them on to joe herself now band's books week may be over but its spirit is always a part of what we do at leaky so send those designs we will share the winners next week thanks a lot on with the show
0: listening to the news again as if a normal boy cares what's on the news hi everyone
4: Sue Upton here with your harry potter news recap for you there was quite a bit of news so let's get right to it harry potter and Blood prince was released over the weekend in taiwan and in france We also saw some nice cover art to the Ukrainian edition of Haplet Prince*. You can find the cover art to this and all the different editions of Haplet Prince* on our website. Speaking of book six, our favorite author, J.K. Rowling, has given a new interview to CBBC Newsround, where she talks about her favorite subject, which is, of course, writing. This is in conjunction with National Children's Book Week, which is taking place currently in the U.K. Turning to film news now, there was a great deal of it. We saw a lot of new images from Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire this week. There were a lot of scans. ...of the new film that were posted on our website. So many, I can't even get into it right now, so do be sure to check them out. Speaking of new scenes, there was a very cool new television commercial... ...that has aired on ABC Television here in the United States. And it contains a scene of Mad-Eye Moody turning... ...that's right, Malfoy, into the ferret. It looks really funny so far. We can't wait to see it in the film. Speaking of movies, there was even news about Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix movie... ...which goes into production in January of 2006... Casting is now underway in the U.K. for the perfect actress to play the part of Luna Lovegood. So if you have an affinity for Butterbeer and Crumplehorn snorkaxe or whatever they're called, you can apply for this part. You can find the address for the application to apply for the part on our website. There is also the rumor that actress Imelda Staunton has been cast in the part of Dolores Umbridge for the fifth Potter movie. Please remember that this is very much still a rumor and has not yet been confirmed by Warner Brothers if and when they do we will of course post it on our website There there is also some new interviews with cast members in many magazines coming out and you can find the scans for these and the story links on our website as well actor Ray Fiennes is also given a new interview where he talks about Voldemort saying the scene the confrontation scene in the graveyard with Harry is very very scary indeed and finally late we just learned that over 300 million copies of Harry Potter books have been sold worldwide wow that's really great Books have been translated into sixty-three languages, including Latin. Well, this show is certainly jam packed, so for all your news and information, be sure to check out our website for your latest potter news and information. And now on with the show. Hello, and now we're back. Hello, Miss Manali, Howler and Alley. Hello Lally, Manelli, Nelly, Melissa, Betsy, Nelly. M- <laughs> Everything with M. And Mr. Noey's here too. Hello, John. Howdy, howdy. So a lot of news, a lot of news. Yeah, what's first? What's all
5: first? Right. Luna. Get, get on to it.
4: John's favorite topic. Luna. Luna, love Luna. We're gonna have a Luna
3: soon. Luna. <laughs> so That's all those. Right, right, they're casting UK people. Gee, I don't know. That's I don't right. think any. I don't think any Harry Potter fans really want to be Luna. What do you think? I, I mean, there's just no interest in the
4: part. <laughs> none. Yeah. No,
1: none of those ten
4: thousand emails we got.
5: Yeah. No, not at all. Well, it's no. hard to it's hard to find enough <laughs> redheaded girls out there to play Luna. Oh,
3: John. <sighs> What? Oh, God, here we go. He starts in early this week. Um. <laughs> I know. Actually, well, that- <laughs> I'm really interested to see what, what 15-year-old is sophisticated enough in her acting that she can pull off that dreamy, far-side far characteristic that Logan yeah. has.
4: She's just got to have the great accessories, though. That's the only thing I'm concerned about. The
3: turn the turnip earrings.
4: Yeah. And the yeah, por- cork bottle and- necklace. The cork necklace. And the hat the fabulous hat at the Quidditch match gotta oh, that have that that hat is key it's a horcrux right. it's the
3: Mr. Kettle of Knuckle Jerk. yes <laughs> the tornado of the you've solved the mystery Melissa that's it, it. <laughs> that's it alright who else oh we got a big rumor we got a big rumor on, on Umbridge what do you guys think of amelda Staunton as Umbridge oh yes
5: she looks she pretty is, cool
4: she just looked the part but she's a great actress though yeah. I mean she was Oscar nominated for Vera Drake she's tremendous she would be hey. perfect yeah.
3: And the casting on these films, every time they come out with, like, a strong rumor that I, I feel like this is a strong rumor, every time they come out with this kind of thing, it's always one of these people that you sort of considered, and then when you hear it, when you hear it, you just think, right, right, that's it. And that's the reaction I had mm-hmm. to this Totally. Cool,
4: yeah. Plus, she's working with um, Emma Thompson in Emma Thompson's new movie, Nanny McPhee. Mm-hmm. So, they've worked together before, so that'll be good to see those scenes together, you know, when Trelawney's all drunk and... And Bridges screeching at her, so...
3: That's yeah, one of the ways you can tell these <laughs> rumors are true is that, if they're true or not, is that you can, you can always sort of connect the actors to other actors in the other films, you know? So that's what I feel also makes this a strong rumor, mm-hmm. that she's worked with some people involved in the franchise before. Not like everybody right. in Hollywood hasn't right. worked with each other, but there's usually a pretty strong connection somewhere. This is true. So, okay, anyway, the biggest news, well, just the biggest news of this entire week is the one that we put out, Last Thursday when we said mm-hmm. that on November twelfth the Goblin of Fire premiere is not the only thing you can go to in New York.
2: Yay. All right. Yay.
4: <laughs> what is that big thing we can go to, Melissa? Well let me tell t- everyone.
3: I will tell you, Sue. It is a live <laughs> <laughs> the live podcast. So we're gonna be doing this, you know, instead of sitting here in my pajamas eating cereal the way we usually do these podcasts, I'll be in my pajamas <laughs> eating cereal <laughs> in front of people at a lot of people at a Barnes and Noble. How about that? No, I won't oh, be it's on a, the PJ it's a
5: PJ party. PJ party,
3: though, John, you'll be wearing a sheet.
5: I've, I've been told that there might have been a sheet prepared. <laughs>
4: yeah, I Woo-hoo. think lots of surprises, a lot of fun. Yeah, we've got and a lot. I have of- no comment on Mister Ghost Boy over there, you know? Yeah, uh, uh. we got a lot of good uh, plans. As long as people bring us coffee, right, Melissa? It's going to be awesome. Do you know? Yeah, do you know? At the, at the at the
3: Gmail account we set up. We have volunteers for like five coffee runners. We have security volunteers. We have photographer <laughs> really? volunteers. We have videographer volunteers. Somebody offered to take us in a taxi from, <laughs> from her dad's a taxi driver and said, My dad will pick you up and take you to It is amazing. You fans are unbelievable what that's you're willing. Awesome. I, I was joking. I was like, yeah, yeah somebody get me you. coffee. Mwah. That's great. You know, I was kidding around, and now there, there, mm-hmm. <laughs> these people are like, I'll get you coffee. Yeah. I'll get you coffee. I'll do it. <laughs> I just feel like,
2: <laughs> okay.
5: Well, if that's the case, if that is the case, I'll take this time to say if anybody works at any New York City Chipotles or Anne's pretzel <laughs> shops and would like to bring some of their lovely food to me, I'll guarantee them a a good minute on the show, talking about whatever they'd like. Oh, you
4: will, will you? John, you are a shameless hussy. That is just <laughs>
5: terrible.
3: <laughs> Let's not be guaranteeing anybody any minutes on the show, okay? we got a lot to fit into this podcast.
5: Yeah, well, for Chipotle, I don't know. All
3: right, well, anyway, there's a very important thing to say about the podcast. Very important. Very important. Yeah. Our email address, hplive at gmail.com. This is, where you, this is where you can email us to RSVP for the event. What happens when you RSVP is that you'll get an email telling you more information when we have it you'll be part of our sort of like email list or whatever but it does not get you a seat uh there are a very limited number of actual seats we already have way more rsvps than we could fit in the room where the actual podcast will happen there's plenty of room in the store but um you email us at hplive at gmail.com and say things like i'm reserving three seats for me and my two dogs it's not you just have to show up it's first come first serve
2: (laughs) Aw, yeah.
4: We have too many people. There's just it's
5: just so yeah. many. And there's only so much dog seating, also. So yeah. you yeah. can't you can only bring one of your dogs <laughs> if you're gonna bring dogs, not both of them.
3: Sue will bring Sirius. That's yeah. right. You yeah. will a, be there with on a tight the... leash. That's right. Okay. So anyway, oh god, we have so many announcements this week. That's why we Nine. have to we have to like power through these. Our next announcement is that this will not be the first live podcast we're doing. Mm-hmm. This Friday, I'm going up to Salem to be part of the Witching Hour, which is the the next Harry Potter yeah. convention brought to you by the people who brought you brought you Nimbus in two thousand and three. I'll be going up there um, to report on it and do some stuff for TLC. But we were also doing a little live podcast. We're going to be at Finn's Seafood Restaurant. That's on Saturday one thirty p.m. Yummy. Yeah. yeah, Saturday one thirty p.m. to three o'clock. We'll be at Finn's Seafood Restaurant and we'll do a live podcast there. So they are ready for us. Um, if you're going to if you're going to the Witching Hour, you'll get a little reminder. Um, Heidi's made up these little business cards but um, it's going to be me and Heidi from TLC and Chris Rankin is going to join us because he's going to the event so and also um, Jeff from HPNA is going to join us as well and some of our mods will be there and it's going to be very interesting for Melissa Dors is presenting yes she is presenting at the Mm -hmm. witching hour no but it's going to be a lot of fun and Mm -hmm. and it's going to be that's going to make up the bulk of the podcast that comes out the next week um Oh, anyway, it's going to be very interesting to see if I can pull off this technological miracle. So if you're going to the witching hour and feel like helping me set up this audio thing, girl who doesn't know technology, setting up a live podcast, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. yeah, please come find me. I'll be findable, I'm, I'm sure. Um, Yeah. Yep. Anyway. You'll earn yeah.
5: one Melissa kiss.
3: That's right. John. One
5: kiss from Melissa. John. <coughs> no? Not How one about kiss asking from me before
3: you say such things?
5: <laughs> <laughs> that was your idea yesterday.
3: Well, I was talking about you, John.
5: <sighs> oh.
3: No.
6: Love is in the
3: air. I, I will be eternally grateful. But I don't know about any kisses. We gotta, we gotta yes. um... Well, <laughs> we'll see. Just coffee, right? Coffee <laughs> will earn you kisses. That's right. Me and my there coffee madam I'm about four cups right now. Hey, we, also, we got, also
5: got an awesome entry from hmm? from uh, Marge from Maryland. This week, not
3: Marge from Maryland. <laughs> yeah. John. Um, we also got a lot of questions about what what shipping is, which we should answer.
5: Yes, oh, yes, we should address that. John
4: should answer it. It's not boats.
5: John, oh gosh, okay.
4: Yes, John, tell us shipping.
5: Shipping. What does it mean? Um, I think I, I saw something. Someone explained it that. that um the ship comes from relationship. Does that sound right? That is correct. And mm-hmm. it's it's about who you think should be in relationships and so it's it's ship for short and then that that's your ship if you think if you're um um if you happen to think Harry and Hermione are meant for each other, then you are of the Harry Hermione ship. If you... I don't know. What else? Are
3: you of the Harry Hermione or ship? If you... I forget. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, John, you have a fan site now. Yes.
5: Oh, I do. I do. Thank you. This is how insane... Thank you for rem- reminding me.
3: This week has been like the explosion of the fan sites. MuggleCast has like... There's like a fan site for each boy. Now there's John Noe fan site. com. I-N-O-E-John.com. It is the coolest thing you can see all his pearls of wisdom laid that laid nice out there work. in transcript form for you.
5: Yes, if anybody would be interested in reliving those uh, nightmarish uh, excerpts from my mouth, then there you are. You got an opportunity.
3: John, we also got something on voicemail.
2: Oh, <laughs> I forgot
5: about this. Oh, God, I got called out. Somebody called me out. About what? Singing that Queen song. Oh. Though I will say, no, I. There's no way I could do it after listening to that man. That kid's got <laughs> way more skill than I could ever hope for. <laughs> way more.
3: Maybe at the end we'll play a bit.
5: And if you if you make it through the whole podcast, maybe we'll play a little bit. Yeah,
3: that would be cool. Let's do it. All right, guys. What's coming up on on this cool. week's podcast? Fan interview. And then we have our modcast as usual. Yeah. And we have our extendable ears Our la- the last part of our interview with Matt Lewis and the one in which he does his Yay. so adorable it made me cry um, uh, impersonation of Neville with the broken nose so yes that's coming and then we have more mailbag um, and that's that is it ladies and gentlemen
4: that should jam packed alright well then we will
3: see
2: Excellent.
4: you cool beans we'll see you at the end at the end
0: Warning, if you have not yet read Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, proceed with caution. There are spoilers afoot.
6: And now, it's time for, in the fan corner, a one-on-one interview with a new lucky fan each week. Wicked.
1: Hi, welcome to the fan interview segment of Pottercast. I'm Erin Yesbik, known on the forum as Lady Stratford, and I'm here with Linda, known on the forums as Zephyrin Druin. Hi, Linda.
7: Hello, hello to everybody. I you can also call me ZD. I rather like that abbreviation, though I feel I'm following <laughs> AW by doing it. Uh, I consider myself an older reader because I'm 58, and I'm coming at all this from the point of view of an older reader. So ask me some questions, and I'll respond. Okay. So we've I've actually chatted a
1: little bit with Linda already, and Linda has some interesting. Views on Dumbledore. Not quite what most people think of him.
7: I've read a lot of comments on the Leaky Lounge about Dumbledore. So many people who write there are quite young, and they see him as a grandfatherly figure. They adore him, and they were devastated when he died. So my perception coming at it as an older person is slightly different from that, because How so? I I like him. I mean, I liked him the moment he stood up and said, nitwit, blubber, oddment, tweak. And <laughs> that, was that was a great it moment. That it really was. This blithe and concern for the way others see him. I thought it was absolutely wonderful. And it really welcomes all those young children and makes them feel comfortable and, and they're in a very friendly place. So there's that part. So I do see him that way, and I consider him extremely honorable, and he's immensely brave. But I also see him as an academic who had to become a warrior in order to fight Grindelwald, and then as a general who founded the Order of the Phoenix in order to lead the fight against Voldemort. And because he was forced into those, that, those roles that were quite alien to him, That he retreated somewhat and had to become had to distance himself to people from people he had to learn to distance himself to detach himself from people and circumstances
1: you don't necessarily get the idea that he's all that close to other people
7: I know and you also see Harry initially doesn't have friends, and Sirius didn't have friends before he came they came to Hogwarts. but with both Harry and Sirius, they develop friendships, but both Voldemort and Dumbledore are these extraordinarily powerful wizards, yeah. and so that alienates them even more uh so anyway. Uh, I see this whole, the distancing and the fact she's an academic and inclined to look at things. Because of this distancing, I see him acting in a rather coldly controlling way at times. And that's when I find him rather frightening. He, he has to control things. And so he distances himself to the point where he does not see the details of people's lives. Uh, and he doesn't understand all their feelings. He only understands that he has to move this character this way and this character that way. And sometimes I really do see him as a puppet master, and that's when I see him as rather scary. I see him as... as
1: like he's looking down on a chessboard like when when the trio went through the chessboard in the beginning of the book i kind of see dumbledore as somebody who looks down on people like carrie and hermione and ron were on that chessboard that he's got to move the piece here to checkmate that and you see that a lot with the way he sends out the members of the order of the phoenix that it's all strategic placements Which you need that in a general
7: i know i know you do And also, with Harry's training, there's always the feeling, especially in the first three books, that he has not exactly structured things so that Harry has to go through these adventures, but you sometimes get the impression that he has almost set things up. Mm -hmm. And that's another way that, as I say, you see him as a chessboard master, and I see him as a puppet master. It's the same sort of thing, isn't Mm -hmm. it? So I think when it comes to Harry, though, his detachment he can't detach himself as much. It's, he has to do it very deliberately. It's very painful to him. Well, let
1: me ask you this about it. In the first book, when Harry goes through all of the the challenges, when Harry says, I think Dumbledore let me do it and gave me helps because he wanted me, it's something to the effect of, he wanted yes. me to do it myself. Yes. He wanted to, to give me that challenge. Do you think that Harry was right? because do you think that Dumbledore intended Harry to go down there knowing that Harry would be able to see it in the mirror?
7: I think it's hard to know. I think Dumbledore is something of a gambler. He does set things up, but there th- some things that he cannot know. He mm-hmm. can't actually know how Ron and Hermione are going to help him. Mm-hmm. He, can't, he can't have known that that plant wouldn't have strangled Harry and Ron if Han- Hermione hadn't remembered what she'd learned in class. So, yes, I think he gambles with it, but he's so magical. Do we know if he wasn't there in some way and -hmm. that he would have stopped things? There's so much we don't know about Dumbledore. The the Mirror of Erised, for instance, the fact that he knew that Harry was visiting the mirror. How did he know? He seems to know where Harry is, Mm -hmm. Uh, but other things he doesn't. For instance, he doesn't know just how vile Snape is in those potion lessons. <laughs> Great, another Snape person. <laughs> and I loved what what Steve had to say about Snape. I kept saying, yes, exactly. Yes, exactly. <laughs> how could he be so sadistic? These 11-year-old vulnerable children. It was appalling. Uh, and I think the other thing I criticize Dumbledore for is he seems to have a good understanding of Snape. He understands his weaknesses. He encourages him. He supports him. Why couldn't he feel that way towards Sirius Black? Mm -hmm. Now, Sirius is my favorite character. I have to admit that. I think (laughs) I adore Sirius Black. And I, when Joe Rowling killed him off, I felt robbed. And I reacted very strongly.
1: And I this is the book. point that I said we needed to invite Sue into the conversation.
7: <laughs> <laughs> I literally flung that book up, uh, aside, and there's still a dent in the cover from where I throw it. <laughs> and I didn't pick it up for months afterwards. I was absolutely enraged, absolutely. I, w- I didn't see it coming. I know other people did. But anyway, the, what horrifies me is that in those months leading up to Sirius' death, Dumbledore incarcerated him, basically, in a house that he had learned to loathe.
1: Mm-hmm.
7: And I don't see why he had to do that. He didn't need to be there. In fact, considering the way he treated Creature, it would have been better if Sirius hadn't been there.
1: They're just uh, everybody in that house suffered.
7: And even and Sirius's mother was suffering yeah. in her portrait. <laughs> And perhaps even it was a, during this period that Tonks and Lupin started to connect in some way, mm-hmm. so although Tonks looked pretty happy all the way through that book.
1: So yeah, she,
7: it's interesting to wonder at what point that relationship started. and c- it could possibly have
1: even been before before Order of the Phoenix, you know maybe there was a connection
7: before then. Do you think they met before that? I don't know I don't know. they not or all so I'm probably saying aura wrongly aren't I (laughs) not a problem (laughs) I'm not sure how it's that I say aura but (laughs) sometimes I slip between British and American and it goes all wrong completely wrong (laughs) Uh, so
1: what's your take on Dumbledore in a nutshell what do you think of him
7: in a nutshell what do I think of him I think he's extraordinarily powerful I think he's a wizard apart, and Do you think there's any evil in him? Well, he said to Harry that it was extremely unusual to find a wizard who was pure of heart, even at Harry's age. So there's bound to be some evil in him, considering his age. Mm -hmm. I don't think he's pure. He wouldn't consider himself pure of heart. I'm sure since he had to get rid of Grindelwald, and we know from, from Rowling that Grindelwald is dead, I assume that... Dumbledore had to kill him in some way. And that means that there's always going to be some darkness in you when you've had mm. to kill somebody, even somebody that's evil. True. And I think that's one reason why so many people don't want Harry to have to kill Voldemort. They want some other way or this business of the other will kill Voldemort just so that Harry will be able to continue pure of heart. Mm-hmm. The way I've seen it ever since uh, The Goblins of Fire, the way I've always imagined him dying, and who knows how close this can come to the truth, is that Harry's and Voldemort's wands will connect once again, even if Ollivander has been captured by Voldemort and has given him a new wand. (laughs) I don't know about that. But I always imagined that their wands would connect, and Harry, who is filled with his purity and love, will literally force everything inside himself into Voldemort, who will literally shrivel up and die from the agony of having it being filled up with something that's completely abhorrent to him. And hmm. something so very human, which he despises. And I think that this will leave Har- Harry more or less as an empty shell. And I think Ginny is sort of the life force that will bring him back. Hmm. Because she always get this This hard, bright look to her, she's extremely vivid. She has the red hair, she has the personality, and I think that might bring Harry back from the brink. Anyway, that's Hmm. a thought that I had for a long time. Okay,
1: well, and on that note, why don't we move to the live or die segment of our fan interview. So just give me the answer. When I give (laughs) you a name, say live or die, and you can give a brief explanation if you feel that's necessary. Lupin. Live live Pettigrew.
7: you know i'm wondering that if he will live and become the cause of a new evil in the world we all Hmm. know that there's always going to be another evil coming up so i've been thinking lately that he may slip away again Hmm. how about bellatrix (laughs) I'd kill her myself if I had the chance. She kills serious. <laughs> okay then <laughs> I hope she dies. You you hope she dies, so we'll But I don't want out. Neville I don't want Neville to kill her. Hmm. I, I don't think that should happen to him.
1: Hmm. That's interesting. Okay, and last but not least, this one should be dear to your heart. Mrs. Fig.
7: Oh, Mrs. Fig. Oh, I hope nothing happens to Mrs. Fig. I really admire her. I hope she's left to keep on breeding the half-neasles. People like the half-neasles. They're very useful. So they should leave her alone. (laughs) Okay.
1: Well, Linda, thank you so much for talking to us. We sure enjoyed your theories about Dumbledore and Snape. Everybody else. Yes, all of them. (laughs) It's been wonderful talking to you. Yes. Well, thank you so much. Uh, I'm Erin Yazbek, Lady Stratford on the forums. Thank you for listening.
6: And now, straight from the Leaky Lounge, this week's modcast.
2: Everyone will please not panic.
6: Hi, welcome
1: to this week's modcast. My name is Erin Yazbek. I'm known on the forums as Lady Stratford, and I'm in Flint, Michigan.
6: Hi, I'm Laurie Damaral, known on the forum as Astrid Wormwood, and I'm coming to you from the southeast of England.
8: Hi, I am Toril Granhag. And uh, I'm known on the forum um, as Toril. I'm talking to you from Oslo, Norway.
9: And I'm Nick Ryan, known on the forums as Nick TLC, coming to you guys from Cincinnati, Ohio. Today we're going to be doing two things. Uh, the second thing that we'll be doing is discussing topics from our forum at leakylounge.com, um, topics made by our members. Uh, who knows, you guys could be next on our discussions. Um, the first thing that we're going to do, though, is that we're going to be discussing a project that we have in the works right now, um, tentatively titled The Essay Project, uh, because it's still very much in the works. We have one of the staff members from it. Toral here is on the staff, and she's going to help us by describing a little bit of it. I'd just like to add in I'm the technical manager for it. I've been uh, working out a searchable index of essays uh, that will be categorized by... Probably about 10 different criteria. It should be very easy to use and find what you're looking for. And many useful features will be coming into play very soon. So, without any further ado, I'd like to hand it off to Toro and she can describe what they've been working on.
8: Yeah, thank you, Nick. Yeah, you know, it it is, this is an idea that uh, our own paper flower girl, Teresa, once, she was the one who, who came up with this idea. And we've been working on it for quite a while, actually. And uh, it's it's beginning to take shape now because we see that we have so many um, really insightful posts and so many good theories, so many wonderful discussions. And then you know, the post format is a little too small. So we want to have a place to archive really great, thoughtful, insightful discussions and, and investigations or topics, really going in-depth with them and have real wonderful essays, and we know we have such a a lot of great people who can do that. So this is what we're planning. We're planning to have um, all kinds of categories of essays, from the academical ones, really, you know, theoretical kind, the personal kind, the more journalistic kind, looking at the HP phenomenon, Harry Potter phenomenon at large, really all kinds of varieties. So, um, And we are getting ready now, so that you really need to... Be on the lookout for this, because we're going to soon show you how you can submit your essay to us if you really want to write something for us. But it's a bit early to, to say exactly when and where, because we, we're not accepting any as of now, but soon. Yeah, I don't know if there's more to say, Nick. Um, <laughs>
9: all right, well, um, and as we say, uh, if you'd like to get started on your writing, by all means, please do. Uh, We'll have a submissions page up with a submissions guidelines page up very soon Mm. to help you guys know Mm. more of what we're looking for and the different categories of essays that we'll be Mm. accepting.
8: Mm. So start writing. All right.
9: Yeah, yeah, please (laughs) do. All right. So on to the second part of our segment now. Uh, We'll be discussing threads from our Mm forum. The first thread that we'll be discussing is from our History of Magic forum, It's a topic called Dumbledore, Heir of Gryffindor, by a a poster named Conan Potter Dean. He says that while he was reading an interview with J.K. Rowling, a couple of things caught his eye and sparked this idea. Uh, More specifically, the interview between Emerson, Melissa, and uh, Joe from Opening Weekend, the book. Uh, There's a quote in here by uh, Joe that says, uh, describing where Dumbledore learned his knowledge of magic. Joe says, I see him primarily as someone who would be self-taught. However, he in his time had access to superb teachers at Hogwarts, so he was educated in the same way that everyone else is educated. Dumbledore's family would be a profitable line of inquiry, more profitable than sweets (laughs) wrappers.
2: Melissa says, Uh, Yeah.
9: (laughs) Mm? Yeah. And Melissa says, His family? And Joe says, Family, yes. Melissa asks, should we talk a- about that a little more? And Joe says, "No, but you can." <laughs> and they laugh. Mm-hmm. So this got Conan Potter Dean a little bit, you know, his curiosity was piqued. So he's theorizing, you know, what falls under Dumbledore's family. Um, and so he's thinking perhaps Dumbledore is the heir of Slytherin, because after all, Voldemort, exceptionally evil, heir of Slytherin. So maybe Dumbledore is heir of Gryffindor. Um and also the fact that, you know, Fox the phoenix is Dumbledore's phoenix, and that uh, the sorting hat pulled, had the Gryffindor sword in it that Dumbledore pulled out in his office. Um, so what do you guys think? Do you think that he could be the heir of Gryffindor, or do you think someone else I, is the I, heir Well, anyone could
6: be. I mean, we just don't know. We don't even know if there is an heir at all. I mean, for all we know, there could be no heir. All the Gryf- the Gryffindor bloodline could have gone completely. I mean, there's only Tom, the Dark Lord, um, of the Slytherin line. Once he's gone, there'll be no Slytherins left. So why could it not be that the Gryffindor line, um, you know, went out a couple of centuries back?
1: I suspect that there are descendants of Gryffindor simply because, right. y- yes, it could have died out. But the Slytherin line was they were were very picky about pure blood. So the fact that they died out doesn't surprise me and the fact that it lasted so long kind of does surprise me because if they were trying to marry just purebloods it would stand to reason that they would die out pretty quickly so I think there's a pretty good chance that there are descendants of Gryffindor but this whole heir of Gryffindor or heir of Slytherin that implies not just a blood connection but somebody that inherits the abilities and the, the I don't know the the stuff for I mean air to me
6: indicates possessions and things like that. Exactly. Before, um, rather than sort of uh genetic sort of passing on of powers.
8: Mm. I think this is a very interesting because I wonder if um I wondered about this for a while actually. Uh, this hair of Slytherin thing. Because what what is it? Um it seems to be some some abilities inherited, like like parcel tongue for instance. Yeah. Maybe. It could be. What I'm wondering is that is it really uh, that important? Because if you say, oh, we we'll think Dumbledore is the hero of Gryffindor, and then you have these two opponents who are the great heroes, uh, but is it really that important, or is it Tom who made his his line of heritage very, very important, because he got into that ideology? But maybe Dumbledore wouldn't do, or maybe we don't need that mm-hmm. on the good side. Maybe it will be so sort of emphasize the blood thing too much, and that's really the bad ideology, isn't it? This sort of... Um,
1: Well, Toriel, you made the point that is it important that if Dumbledore is the heir of Gryffindor, is it important? I'd have to say no. It probably isn't because Dumbledore's dead.
2: (laughs) 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 Exactly. Yeah. But
8: but, you know, he still is the sort of the huge opponent um, against. It's sort of he's he's the white knight, sort of you know, uh, on the white side. I don't know. It, it it maybe still is not that. Maybe that is what everybody thinks when she says family. Uh, it has to be the hero Gryffindor. But maybe if it's something else, maybe if it's something somebody we know already uh, that may come into play. That's interesting.
1: That's what I was well, thinking. we know he's not related to Harry.
8: Oh yes, I think I he think is think related. The
1: family
6: reference was to Aberforth, and that's indicative of that, and also that. If there is an heir of Gryffindor, it's going to be Harry. There's I don't see any point in it being Dumbledore because Dumbledore's dead and there's no I don't see how it can feature, you know, in terms of the plot. Whereas if Harry's the heir, then Harry's got all these special powers that um will oppose the powers of the heir of Slytherin. And it's sort of more, you know, the two opposites and equals, you know, of Harry and the Dark Lord. Mm. You know, they they're both heirs of the house, you know, the heads, you know, the founding founders of the houses. And um, I think
9: that will play more. Right. Mm. But it makes you but wonder, though, since Voldemort mm-hmm. passed a bunch of his powers on to Harry. Mm-hmm. You know, Harry already mm-hmm. has like half of Voldemort's powers, so you know, doesn't necessarily. <laughs> I don't really think that. I mean, sort of. Right. Yeah, Harry's
8: got like parcel tongue from from a Voldemort, but I don't think that the real important powers that he's got that he's going to use against Voldemort is not going to be his blood inheritance. I don't... I, I want to protest that. I think that would be against what what we, what we the whole series is trying to convey. At least that's my take on it, actually. So I don't think it's Harry, and I don't think it's Harry of Gryffindor will be important.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure there is an heir of Gryffindor. Harry seems to be his own man, and that sympathizes yeah. a lot in the book, that these abilities are ones that he's he's got because of his situation and because of his his natural talent.
8: And, and from his choices. From Yes, His choices. Don't forget exactly. that. I think that's the main point on the, on the good side. It's the choices you make, not your blood. Yeah, uh, any any final thoughts here now? We, we're reaching the end of our... All right. Laurie, Erin no? No. Okay, that, that concludes this week's Modcast. And I am Toril, talking to you from Oslo, Norway.
9: I'm Erin from Michigan. And I'm Nick, talking to you guys from Cincinnati, Ohio. And I'm Laurie
6: M. Parker, all the way from England. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Time to put on our extendable ears. Listen in on Potter Talk from the people making the magic.
3: Okay, a couple of um, quick stupid questions. What's the best joke that anybody's played on set?
0: The best. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, I noticed them definitely, certainly. <laughs> okay, we'll, Harry Potter 3. Mm-hmm. Great hall. Everyone sleeping. Absolute silence, except for Snape and Dumbledore walking through the middle. <laughs> Talking. Fart <sighs> machine goes off. Hidden in someone's bag right next to Dumbledore. <laughs> it was so funny, the silence was, was, you could hear a pin drop, everyone was just what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> and then suddenly everyone burst out laughing and you figure out, oh, it's just a joke that <laughs> Dan's played and 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 Alfondre. it was it was so funny. <laughs> it was hilarious.
3: Awesome. Did any good ones happen on four?
0: Really?
3: Did any good ones happen on four?
0: Oh well people are always doing like just like joking around, but nothing like that, especially because it was just in the middle of a take as well. Mm-hmm. It was just so funny. I remember series, uh, series, I'm probably like 24 now. <laughs> series, uh, film two. It was quite a funny. I think it was film, film one or 2
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I wasn't actually there. But Chris Columbus is so calm. He mm-hmm. was almost his temper ever. And then, um, he goes, <laughs> Sean Biggestat, uh, was doing something on the, on film Stick. And this is just uh word math. I wasn't actually there. But apparently, he did, he did something wrong and, and he was like, oh, i uh, got to do that again. Chris Columbus comes down, picks up a glass, and throws it on the ground. And says, "What are you doing? That was wrong." Well we sort that out. And, and Chris, Sean Bridgetstaff is, "What? Oh, this is not right. This isn't Chris Columbus." But, uh, <laughs> and then eventually he starts laughing, and you find out the stunt guys actually gave him the glass, and it was just a, it was just that that thingy glass that his chatters, and it was it, apparently it, it was so funny. Cause Sean Bridgetstaff was just like, "Oh,
2: oh."
0: Uh, yeah, uh, because it's just, he it was just not Chris Columbus at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
3: totally. Because <laughs> that's not him. I've met him a couple of times. That's not him.
0: Yeah, exactly.
3: And it's easy to tell he's a very nice, warm, sort of family man guy. Absolutely, absolutely. Who were you most excited to meet when you filmed the
0: fourth? On, on film four? Mm-hmm. Okay, um, I think Alan Rickman. Oh. Yeah. What's he like? Well, that that was the thing, because he he always plays these evil characters, you know? I mean, recently he's done a lot more sort of different different sort of characters, but from, from what I knew him being young in, like, well, well he would have been in around 2000, I knew him as Sheriff of Nottingham and Hans Gruber from Die Hard. Yeah. That's what I knew him as. Him. Yeah. So to meet him and for him to be <laughs> a really, really nice guy was just like, wow, this guy's a good actor, you know? hmm the way he can make me really, really hate him and be really, really terrified of him. But for him to be one of the nicest guys, it was just, it was amazing. And uh, and, and meeting him was, was great. Cool.
3: What are some of your favorite movies right now?
0: Uh some of my favorite movies. I thought Star Wars Episode Three was great. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I really, really liked that. I mean, I know there were some people who sort of thought, oh, it was rubbish and, and it wasn't as good as the original one. I mean, you know, it wasn't as good as the original. Not, not. I don't think one, two, or three was as good as the original. But I think it was such a huge improvement on episode one two. I thought it was just—it was—it was very, very, very good. And I really enjoyed it. And I can't wait for it to come out on DVD. Yeah, yeah. What, what else have we got? I'm looking at my DVD collection. So it, looks pretty good. I like Shaun of the Dead.
3: I keep hearing about that movie. Everybody says it's like the best movie ever.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's very, very funny. Okay. It, it's, uh, Sean Pegg and, and Nick Floss, who, uh, there are two, uh, they're just so funny people. I mean, They do a TV series that used to be on in England, um, called Space. Which okay. was just, it, it was really, really funny. Really sort of bizarre, type comedy. But it's really funny. Sort of, the, the, there's a circle of sort of comedians that all went together, and it was very sort of Alan Partridge, but at the same time it was sort of, Brass Eye, and it was all sort of that sort of comedy. Yeah, but it was just it was so funny, and so for them to make a film with the exact same style was just hilarious, and it's so funny. You've got to see it.
10: Okay, I will.
3: You got my word. Um, okay. <laughs> so okay, so so movie four behind you. How do you feel that you've changed as an actor?
0: It's sort of, although in, in this film there was. Also the, as well as being the, the comical side of Neville and, and him being an idiot and, and the cat can't do much too well and find it's always been sort of a bit of a comical character. There's also a bit of an emotional side in this one, what with, uh, with, with Neville's parents. Mm. And, um, that helped, I mean, not, not always having to do the funny thing, but actually getting a bit of a, a serious sort of, Acting in this was 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 good. I I uh, I liked doing that, and that, the opportunity that helped me a lot. And now I'm looking forward to even more of that in the next one.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, because I've spoken to David Yates, and he's uh, he's hoping to get more of the emotional side of Neville and his parents in there as well. So um, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a new challenge.
3: Yeah, tell me tell me about that. What have you What have your discussions been like?
0: I, I've met him once. Uh, he was great. I really really liked him, and. Um, we sort of just sort of spoke and uh, just put some ideas in about what he's looking forward to doing in the fifth one, and, and 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 if I had any problems, that I should just speak to him straight away. Don't worry about anything. And he was just really, really relaxed and laid back, and, and and you really felt that if you did have any problems, you could just go straight to him and, and, and ask him, and you could just sort them out straight away.
3: Yeah. Well, you're all so much older now, and do you feel as though you're sort of more invested in what's going on now?
0: Yeah, I, I, absolutely. When you first started, I was—I was only, I think, I was eleven, mm-hmm. and I was nervous about around everybody. And uh, I didn't want to say much. If I got something wrong, I just get on with it. I didn't want to say, ooh, it was wrong,"
2: though, or, mm-hmm.
0: or uh, "Can we do that again?" I didn't want to say much. I didn't want to do anything. I just wanted to get on with it because it was like this is a big film, and I'm only really young, and I shouldn't really be saying whether I thought something was wrong or not. Mm-hmm.
2: But
0: now you sort of think, well, actually. That is a good idea. If I if I don't say it's wrong and it comes out wrong on the film, I'm going to regret that for, uh, for a long time. Yeah. So I thought, well, no, I should I should stand up. I should I should explain when they're wrong. And and the first time you do it, you think, mm-hmm, but then they just go, yeah, you're right. We'll do it again. And and it, it fills you with confidence. You think, well, yeah, I was right. You know, I uh should do that again. And 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 you suddenly realise that they're not big scary people. They're actually really really nice people that that want you to do it right as well. And and it you just have to. It just takes a while to get used to that. But yeah, yeah everyone's great, everyone, everyone all wants what's best for the film, just like you do. So,
3: yeah. So we are we we are going to see the Neville family storyline in book five.
0: Yes, I, I believe so. I, I I haven't seen the script yet, but I, I believe so. That's
3: nice. It's nice to know
0: that we're going to get that. <laughs> okay. It
3: is because there are so many Neville fans, and to to have that cut would be gutting to a lot of fans.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's it's good because Neville does have that emotional side, and it also goes behind the reason that he he accompanies Harry to the Ministry at the end. Yeah, because he does want revenge. He does he does see his parents a lot, and and he he wants revenge on Bellatrix, you know. And it's uh, that's one of the main reasons he went with Harry at the end, and why why he, uh, he stands with Harry so much.
3: Yeah, and why he attacks Malfoy.
0: Yeah, exactly.
3: And there's so much gratifi- gratification there for a reader to see him stand up as his own strong person.
0: Yeah, because a lot of people can relate to Neville because he gets, he does get bullied. He don't get everything quite right, but he tries, and and it's good to see people that although you can be like that, you shouldn't be afraid to stand up. You should, you can, you are a confident person. Really, <laughs> you just have to find it, and 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 he's he's he is strong as much as he. He doesn't show it. He's actually a very strong character and and can show that at the end of the fifth book.
3: Yeah, he is. Oh, the Neville. (laughs) To be part of this during this time, I mean, you're a big part of this phenomenon now. Do you ever realize what a big deal that is?
0: Well, not really. Not until you start reading all these these things that that fans do.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. And you just think, these people really, really do, do care and they really, really like I said, put so much effort in. It makes you think, wow, you're part of something that is really, really big and people really do actually care about it. It's really amazing feeling.
3: Do you think about that at all while you're filming?
0: You know, it, it not until recently has it sort of come. I mean, when we first got the part, I was like, yeah, I know it's big, but not this big. But when you just see... I mean, forget <laughs> the sales of the fifth and sixth books, the fact that they've sold out before, like, they've got become thousands of sales before they even release yeah and it's just you realise just how how amazing it is and I, when, I, when I'm filming i got to think I have to get this right I have to be what people imagine Neville to be because I don't want to ruin it for all these people because there are so many people that have a perfect idea and I've got to do that because it's, that's my goal and so I, it makes you work a lot harder and to get it perfect
3: yeah I think fans will appreciate that
0: well I appreciate the fans as well so
3: so sweet. <laughs> no, seriously, it's it's nice. Um, so speaking of of preparation, we spoke once before in an interview that don't ask me how has never gotten onto TLC, um, because we've all been so crazed. But you said that when you first read book five, you were imagining doing it. Yeah. And sort of yeah. re- reading along.
0: Yeah. It, it's- Really, one of the nine things I do is imagining that because I I remember when I was reading the first ones I could absolutely immerse myself in, in the characters and, and as far as I was concerned they were they were real people and and I could I could talk to them I I imagine myself just being alongside them mm-hmm. uh, but now it's I, I can't do it and it annoys me so much I can't do that anymore.
3: You can't imagine yourself in the book anymore.
0: No, I, I imagine I I imagine myself as the character of Neville and um. That annoys me. So <laughs> really. No, I can no longer be friends with Neville because it, it, it's it's me. If, if you know what I mean. Mhm. It's uh, it's annoying. I can't I can't see the books as a as a big one story anymore. It's, uh, it's like life now for the past five years. So yeah, yeah. It's seriously been a long time now. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been very long. I mean, oh, England has got another wicket. <laughs>
2: <laughs> You're still watching
0: cricket. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's, been, it's been a long time. I, I just got going through like, I'm coming to a sixth form of uh, school now. And I've been filming since I started high school. Mm-hmm. So it's been, yeah, five, it's going to be six years. Yeah.
2: Wow.
3: That's a big chunk of your teen life.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
3: So when you were reading Book Five, you told me that you were um, practicing the scenes in which <laughs> Neville has a broken nose.
0: Yeah, I'm really. I don't know whether how they're going to do that, or if if they're going to even going to do that into the fifth film.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That's going to be tough. I tried, tried doing it, and it, it just sounds stupid. Without actually putting my fingers and closing my nose, I can't <laughs> do it. It sounds stupid. Do so you just like what, like pinch your nose and talk like uh? that? Yeah, I, I tried doing that for a bit. And I thought, oh no, well, that sounds good. That sounds okay. But I I, I can't just do that when I'm <laughs> filming. So I, I just I really don't know how I'm going to do that. Right. Do um, you? I am, I am trying.
3: Would you, would you try for us? Would you, would you do a line or two? (laughs) (laughs)
0: Okay, let me, let me go find a book. Okay. Um, I don't know where it is. You got one.
3: Do I have a Harry Potter book, he asks. (laughs) Oh, God, I can't even read this without getting upset. Um.
0: (laughs) Because Neville is such a, oh, Neville.
3: Neville. Okay.
0: The only way I can do it is by closing my nose like that. <laughs> um, it, um, I don't know if you can even tell what I would say when I do that.
3: Well, maybe they can, like, voice over later, you know, when you yeah, do it in the have film. To,
0: <laughs> yeah. Because not only do I have to close my nose, you have to really sort of force it through your nose as opposed to through your mouth, like, you know, talk like, like that. Like, it's, just, it's kind of difficult. I, yeah, I might ask them to just break my nose and see if I can do it that way. <laughs> I
3: don't think you want that.
0: <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'll, I'll try. It, I'll try it now. Matt's going to do a little. A little. This, this is work in progress. Okay, I'm not practicing at all. Okay.
3: Really. Work in progress, but he's doing. He's, he's doing good. It's going to sound good. <laughs> <laughs> so wait. So the line is. Um, Let's see how long Longbottom lasts before he cracks like his parents. Unless Potter wants to give us the prophecy.
0: Don't give it to the valley. <laughs> Oh, I
3: can't. <laughs> I can't listen to that. <laughs> you know, Neville is one of, probably, if I had to choose at this very moment, my favorite character. Oh, yeah? He's so, uh, he's just so sweet.
0: <laughs> he always tries. That's one thing I'll give he him. Always, he always tries. Um, I, I was glad from, from just the fans' point of view that, that Neville got a bigger part because I thought he's always he's always worked really hard to to help Harry and and he, he, he's sort of although he's not too good at everything like I said he always does try mm. so I thought it it, it was a good it was nice to have him have sort of a, a more responsible role and and it's it's going to be a great
2: fun to do
3: yeah and that's it that's the end of our interview with with Matt Lewis listen Matt you've been really great thank you this is we have so much so much more information on you, and I'm sure the fans are, are going to be really happy to hear it.
0: Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much for inviting me to do this. It's always, always great to uh, do all these interviews, and especially when so many people listen to it. It's it's great. Yeah.
3: Um, any last thoughts for your fans?
0: Uh, Go watch Harry Potter Fall when it comes out in November. It's, uh, it, I think it's going to be really, really good, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. So I think you'll all enjoy it, and uh, thanks for tuning in.
3: Nobody's going to watch that movie, Matt. No, huh? no, you can't so tell them to fine. watch it. They're not gonna watch it.
0: Fine, I'll just go <laughs> now then.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Oh, the mail's, mail's here. Maryland.
3: Maryland. Oh, great! Right.
10: Thanks.
3: Welcome to the mailbag segment. I'm Melissa from Leaky, and I'm here with
10: Sue from Leaky. Hello. Hey, I'm Kristen from Leaky. Let's go. I my name is Zach and I live in Baltimore Maryland and I've been listening to a MuggleCast but um once you guys did the MuggleCast Potter casting together I, I realized I didn't know there was a PotterCast but I really do like it it's really cool I like the PotterCast <laughs> <laughs> but um I was gonna ask you whether or not I I think you guys already went over this but uh. I was gonna wanted to bring up the subject of uh, portraits being able to give factual information while they're portraits. Um, I I don't know if it was either you or Mugglecast, but uh, thanks and I love the show. Thanks. That was Fine. good. I love Baltimore. Um, <laughs> just as a little aside there. I me
3: and Baltimore have a rocky relationship.
10: I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, Kristen knows right. why, but
3: we're not going to explain it. I know.
10: <laughs> um, that's a good question. We actually had someone email us something very similar this last week. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you guys think? Sue? What is your portrait theory?
4: Oh, yeah, I think they can. I mean, I don't I don't. What to say,
3: well, I think I think um, what he means is not that just can they say things that are factual, can they bring, but can they really contribute anything um, substantial? Can they be real factual, Dumbledores sure. and serious? Yeah,
4: yes, because like Everard, or I think am I saying it right? Uh-huh. We on patrol over into the St Mungos, right?
3: Oh, Phineas. And Phineas. Oh, Everard right. And Phineas, right. And, Phineas and, and, and
10: Everard, right? The other one, the sallow faced. I don't know if that's the right one, but. Mm. Um, yeah,
4: I do. I mean, I think there are, there are actual parts to the castle. I think they help contribute to, they are his Dumbledore's or whoever the headmaster will be or headmistress. If it, hopefully it'll be McGonagall that they help out. I mean, I think that they're, they're actually eyes and ears. Yeah.
10: It is a little confusing. Like, I mean, is that like a snapshot of what they knew at the time of the portrait? Can they learn? Um I don't know I, I'm a little fuzzy on exactly what I think portraits can do and can't do.
3: Mm. She did say that they became sort of like carbon copies of people that they sort of almost repeated catchphrases and they're sort of a shadow. And I think that's a yeah. good. They're like a shadow, they're like a ghost, but just a different incarnation. And there was a there was a question on a on a different list than I'm on about portraits and and how could death mean anything in Harry Potter when you can have a portrait and talk to the portrait and just and I, I think I I said well, how many of us would would love that to have a portrait of our of our departed loved ones and then after after how long would you just know that it's not the same and then how would it, after how long would would the death be even that more hurtful when you realize that yeah. even a talking portrait just couldn't do it.
10: Yeah, I mean so much of having a person in your life is um moving forward with them. So yeah, it wouldn't be the same. Yeah. Mm. Ugh, depressing. Boy, that's depressing. Let's do yes, the next, it one. next Hello, Potter Podcast. My name is Ray from Nova Scotia. I'm a big fan of Lee Cobbin for information, facts, and theories. I just have a quick question for you guys about what you think the importance of Grindelwald and uh, his defeat by Dumbledore was in book one and what it
0: will be in book seven. Thanks a bunch and keep up the good work, guys.
10: Grindelwald,
3: I might say. <laughs>
10: <laughs> well, that.
4: I think it just shows that Dumbledore's power. I don't think it is overly significant in that. I I've, I know I've read a lot of the theories about him out there, but I just don't think it is that.
10: Yeah, no, I'm with you, Sue. I suppose there's a possibility out there that he may turn up in some significant way. I just always took it that, hey, this is Dumbledore, and he's a really powerful guy.
4: Right, and that evil has been around, established evil, like a dark lord. You know, the poor yeah. lord isn't the only dark lord ever to be that evil yeah. has its forms through all, even in, in the magical world, like right. we have it in arms. Well, so that's what I just took it as. The-
3: she she also did say that it's not insignificant that 1945 is the year that he died. So if it's, if that's not insignificant, the big significance of 1945 is when World War II ended. Right. Yeah. And Grinzelwald is a very... German. Yeah. yeah. So is she melding... The Muggle and Wizard Wars, and if she is, isn't it interesting that this is going on at a time that, that there's a lot more conflict in the world?
10: Yeah, yeah. I, I actually, yeah, I like that. I remember when she said that thinking, that's that's
2: cool.
3: But so, how how do you think it's going to portray itself in in book seven? It does sound like it actually is going to be part of the book.
10: Hmm. Honestly, I really have no idea on this. Mm-hmm. I know that's either either, but and interesting. I, I, I'm. I, I'm with
4: you, Kristen. I don't have any idea either, but I'm I'm, I'm going to say I'm skeptical of the overall importance to book seven and the overall thing. That's my... I don't think it's that important. I would important. agree
3: with think, that. Do, do you guys feel, as I do, that there is just so much left to do in book seven? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I think
4: she's got a lot to wrap up. <sighs> and I just think... I hope it's, you know, 800 pages long, personally, but
10: it can't all be in there. Someone, Someone's going to end up being disappointed that some put theory was left out. Or, you know, the problem with having as big of a gap between books as we do is you have a lot of time to discuss and debate and come up with ideas. And if those ideas don't always come to fruition, sometimes it's disappointing.
3: Yeah, and then you spend so much time on one aspect of the book when you don't see it fleshed out.
10: Right. You're looking at the details instead of the book. The big picture sometimes. like
3: like bill and fleur everybody expected this big romantic interlude with bill and Fleur or you know at least more exposition and finally fleur just showed up one day and they said oh yeah they're together and oh yeah they're getting married
10: <laughs> yeah you know i
3: mean a, a thousand fanfics
10: discarded you know right right but i do like this word phlegm <laughs> oh, i know i know we actually had someone ride and wanted to know i think they were german they wanted to know what phlegm was Oh, that's right. That's right. right. I forgot.
3: <laughs> that, I love the email we get, man. That was a fun response. People yeah. ever since um, MuggleNet put up their their Great wall of shame, much. we have been getting requests for people from people to put up a similar thing, <laughs> and we don't want to. We don't want to do it because we're like <laughs> we don't want to be MuggleNet. But it's so it's so funny what we get. And it's it's so willing. We're so willing to share it with people. So we think we're we are going to do something called a Hall of Fame, where some of your best right. emails get put in as well.
4: I mean, the funny ones and the serious ones too. But I mean, there's some real, real gems. Let's put it yeah. that way. Yeah. <laughs>
3: My favorite was Hermione uh, being a vegetarian, and and, and that Jo oh, yeah. needed to to service <laughs> vegetarians in her books. And oh, that person hates me now.
4: But you know what? That was hilarious. I mean, <sighs> come on, please.
3: She really wants to see people at Hogwarts eating all vegetarian meals.
10: Just one person. She just wanted, like, one representative person to yeah. show that there are vegetarians out there.
3: So there, I'm sure there's a Hufflepuff somewhere eating tofu. I'm sure there is.
4: <laughs> hey! You good.
3: know it's the Hufflepuffs.
4: That's right, because we're a fair and thoughtful bunch. Tree huggers. That's right. I'm proud of it, babe.
3: <laughs> okay, let's go on to our, uh, okay. our next email.
10: Hello, Pottercast. This is Brian Greenham calling from Massachusetts. Um, I had a quick question in the comments. Uh, in Book 6, Dumbledore tells Harry that uh, Tom Riddle was obsessed with collecting trophies. Now, I've been reading through some of the forums and columns and discussions, and I have yet to see the obvious connection made between the fact that Riddle liked to collect trophies and he has a very large trophy for services to the school in Hogwarts. I uh, thought yeah, at Hogwarts, and I was just curious. Um, wouldn't that be a perfect place to put a Horcrux in a trophy, since he loves collecting them? So I just wanted to make that obvious uh, comment and throw that out there to see what you guys think, and hopefully you guys could discuss that. Thank you.
3: I really want to discuss this one because when the when the children's when when all the events in Edinburgh were over, we went down and had lunch with um, Lizo from the BBC, and over lunch this came to me. I said, his special services. Oh my god, it's a horcrux. And that was, you know, it was one of our first horcrux discussions. So um, so no, it hasn't escaped our notice. And what what do you guys think of that as a horcrux?
10: I think I must be stupid, because that's a really good theory, and it never occurred to me before. Yeah, Kristen, you're stupid. <laughs> that's it. I
2: don't,
4: you know, it's a good theory. I, I just don't see it happening. I mean, I know about hiding in a plain sight, but I just, you know. Well, okay, okay, Disney. here's another Trophy <laughs> Horcrux theory. I'm excited about
3: this one, because I think it explains something. Book four. The big, the Quidditch, the not the Quidditch, the Triwizard Cup. Now, that is a, vic- that is a symbol of, like, pan-European victory, right? Mm-hmm. And it's a trophy. And it's the first time in however many years it's happened. Mm-hmm. So, when Voldemort screams no, when Harry goes back, maybe he was intending on... Making a Horcrux out of that trophy, and that's why he was so bent on it being that trophy. And that's why Moody couldn't just transfigure a toothbrush or something into a portkey and get Harry to Voldemort during the year.
4: Well, can I shoot down a couple things? Go. I'd like to point this out. Weren't at some point these trophies polished at some point? And it doesn't, if he's going to hide his soul in one of these things, aren't there supposed to be some ways of like blocking it or like, you know, how there was with the locket? Well, the diary so was touchable.
10: I- well, that's a
4: good hmm. point. I guess that's true. I don't know. It just seems that it just seems too too accessible I, for 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 him to consider using. I don't
10: know. Okay. Well, I think Sue has a good point. Although, why don't they just like I don't know? If I were a wizard, one of the first things I'd do is figure out how to charm like silver and brass, so I'd never have to polish it again. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, here's my
3: question: Voldemort, not the brightest evil overlord there's ever been, um. Why are you hiding your horcrux in something that is ostensible and uh, and right. apparent? Hide it in a grain of sand, dopey.
4: Well, you know, again, the theory, you know, hiding in plain sight, which is, I mean, it has some credibility because people, you know, in all good mysteries, sometimes the, the big clue is right in front of you, but, and Joe is pretty good about hiding clues right in front of our faces, but I just don't see it. I'm sorry. I just. Is Harry a you know. horcrux? Oh. You mean his scar? I Anything. I don't think he knows. It's pinky.
10: I don't. I don't. I don't really think so either. I oh.
4: voted no on our poll, by the way. Or didn't vote for that choice.
10: Yeah, I just can't get behind it. A lot of people are, though. We got a I lot know. of email on that. Yeah. And everybody... And now we're going to get more. Yeah. <laughs> Here, it's stupid. Of course it is. <laughs> right. We're
4: exactly the... when it
10: turns out to be true or something, then... <laughs> right. then I'm the
3: soup, <laughs> so is... Yeah. Is there anything else that anybody would like to add to these proceedings?
4: No, we, but we love hearing emails. Mm-hmm. Email us. But Voicemail we can only play us. your voicemails. Okay. If you would like to call us in the United States, please phone one 425 or one 425 by magic M-A-G-I-K. And if you're in the U.K., please use your plus number at 020- <laughs> 7193 2872 and
2: call, call, call. Here's
1: the mail, it never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to whale.
3: Welcome to the end of this week's Podcast. Hola. Hello. Greetings. So, how'd you guys enjoy this okay, week's Podcast?
5: What...
4: <clears throat> That's awesome.
5: I thought it was probably one of the best Pottercast 7s we've ever done.
4: <laughs> I love I... Matt Lewis. I just gotta say that. I just love that kid.
5: He's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll hear
4: more from
3: him I still don't understand. More...
4: Good. I don't know what cricket Ooh. is, though. Someone needs to write in, UK people, and tell me, what is cricket? Is what that
5: the is game? All I
4: can think of is croquet, now? but that's not it.
5: Or, I okay. think it's about pretty much pretty much the same. Mm.
3: He did update me later that that they that they did win. He won the game. England oh, no. won the game that he was watching. That's good. Yeah, I know you were all dying to find that out.
5: It's a happy <laughs> amendment to the interview.
3: Mystery revealed. All right. Great yes. cricket caper. Yes. <laughs> so, what do we got coming for next week? Next week, it is totally. We're going to be doing that live podcast in Salem. Um, yeah, the Salem. Just That's in case fun. you don't you know the address, again, it is Finn's Seafood Restaurant, 76 Wharf Street in Salem, one thirty p.m. to 3 o'clock p.m. on Saturday, October... Oh, the Saturday coming, I don't know dates. Is it yeah.
4: the 8th? 8th? Saturday I hope eighth. so. October 8th. It is?
5: Which is I a different live podcast than the New York podcast, by the way, everybody, so you're not getting confused. Right. That's You'll not the that. New this York podcast, one yeah.
3: I feel like this is going to be a bit of a dry run, technically, for the live no. one in New York. Mm-hmm. I'm scared.
9: <laughs> e- Excellent thing.
3: <laughs> if it works, I get a techie gold star, okay?
5: Yep, right. anyone who wants to help Melissa s- set up her system there.
3: Email me, please.
5: Yep. I'll if you're going to be there and you want to help.
4: Can you bring me
2: John! Some- <laughs> Stop giving out my kisses!
3: <laughs> they are mine to give away.
4: You know, I hate being listening to you lovers over there talking about kisses. Oh, Me out here. I'm going to go find Sirius Listen. and just, y'all can do this by yourself. You know? Okay.
3: Well, if Sue's going, so- I'm going. <laughs> oh, wait, no, but I want to hear Bohemian Rhapsody I- first. Yes, John, you go, you, oh, you have to hear this. Oh. The guy who sent this in is the bravest soul in the world, knowing that we would probably play it.
5: Yes. Yes.
3: <laughs> All right, go ahead. Hit there the button, John.
5: Braver than I. Hitting the button. Bam.
0: Hey, Pottercast. My name is Andrew Buckley. I'm 15 years old from Los Angeles, California, and I love Pottercast. But on last week's show, John Noe was given the opportunity to sing Bohemian Rhapsody before your millions of listeners, yet he turned down that chance. So in that case, I was going to sing a portion of it instead. I hope you guys enjoy.
3: a little silhouette of a man's got a moosh, got a moosh,
2: will you do the fandango?
0: Thunderbolt and lightning, very, very frightening. <laughs> Galileo, 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 Galileo,
2: Galileo, Vigoro, Magnifico!
0: I'm just a poor boy, nobody loves me.
2: He's just a poor boy from a poor family. sparing his life from this monstrosity. Mm-hmm.
0: Easy come, easy go, will you let me go? Bismillah! No, we will not let you go. Let him go! Bismillah, we will not let you go. Let him go! Bismillah, we will not let you go. Let him go, we will not let you go. Let him go! We will not let you go, never, never, no. No, 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 no. Mama Mia, Mama Mia,
3: Mama Mia, let me go. Bevel the as the devil. Put aside
2: for me, oh me.
0: Okay, that's it. And I just want to say, take that, John Noe. Wow.
4: Very, very (laughs) hilarious. (laughs) John,
3: that's, that's what we wanted you to do. That's what your fans wanted, and you didn't give it to him. You let this guy do it.
5: Well mia. I can't make any promises, but for all the subscribers out there with iTunes, you have a better chance of hearing it than anybody else. Talk about your subscriber you incentives. Supply
3: we'll you with drinks. Yeah. Oh. Enough lattes. Great. Yes. Yeah. Here we go. Lattes. I go back again exactly. to the power of coffee.
5: Yum. So yeah,
3: live podcast New York City. HP Live at Gmail dot com. Email us if you're going to be there. But this is because we need to have a general idea of how many people are coming. And pretty much after a week with our no, after four days with our general idea of how many people are coming. No, it's been a week with our general idea of how many people are coming. Um, I don't know if this Barnes and Noble is big enough. It's no, going to be great. I can't believe we already
5: had so six thousand RSVPs. <laughs> yes,
3: six thousand. We're going to rent out We're Radio City Music Hall. going to be
5: like. Uh.
3: <laughs> no, it really is going to be really crowded Oh so. yeah. What? I don't, I don't get it I can't wait. To be honest, I don't get it I mean, I'm excited I want, I, I want to meet all the Harry Potter parents as possible I'm excited, it's going to be fantastic It's going to be so much fun But I can't believe the people who are emailing I will tie your shoes I will bring you cookies I will, I will wear a t-shirt That has, like, your picture on it I don't, You people are great
5: well, sure. I mean, I can, I can understand it because they're going to be at the premiere, and this is an awesome way to just see everybody again. Because how often do you get all those Potter fans together for something?
4: I know. Yeah. it's going to be great. And all the oh, fans so side, you know, MuggleNet net boys. It's going to be well, awesome. Well, Jeff, it's going to well, be great. Marvel nerds. Yeah. Mo oh, nerd.
5: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. Great guys.
4: Okay. Well, yeah,
3: see you time next at week. Live from Salem. See you Love next you week all. everybody.
5: I-, I will not be on the next one, so hopefully. Yes, you, guys, you will uh... shut up. <laughs> you heard enough of me this week.
3: I don't dare take <laughs> you off a podcast, John. Your your fan club will kill me in my sleep. I don't dare. You will be on <laughs> oh, the next gee. We will find a way.
5: Okay.
4: No,
3: well, well, bye guys.
5: Okay. Alright, see you bye. later everybody. Bye
4: bye everyone.
6: Have a good week. Bye. We've missed it. Now, if you two don't mind, I'm going to bed.
10: Great Scott, no wonder, look at the time we've been here nearly four hours. Spooky, how the time flies when one's having fun. <laughs> Here's
5: a mail, it never fails.
4: John, you sing so good. <laughs>
2: mail.
4: And there we go, the leaky singers, everyone. John, you gotta put that at the end.
5: <laughs> You're yeah, right.